You know what time it is when you hear that song playing. Champions Club Podcast, wherever you may be. We're here. We're live. Tor Gurley, Monty Moss. Week four in the books. Week five, days away. Special shout out. Special thanks to the man behind the scenes, the producer, the brains, Mr. Ross Clark. Tori, Champions Club Podcast, wherever you guys may be. You guys can catch this podcast streaming live on Apple Podcasts, as well as SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor FM app, as well as follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Tori at ToriGirl81, as well as myself at MontyMoss3. Hit up Tori, tag her with your fancy football stuff on Twitter, T underscore Girl81, as well as myself, Monty underscore Moss3. All our information from today's show will be brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. If you guys don't have the DraftKings app, you guys can download today with your iPhone device or your Android device. With your Apple phone, just go to your Play Store and download DraftKings. And for all you Android users, just download on the Play Store or DraftKings. DraftKings.com. Sign up today. Woo! We're here, baby. Another week in the books. Tori, man, how we doing? This football season is going by so fast. Like, literally, I remember... You know, us going through our, our introduction and, and trying to get this show up and running. And now we're literally at uh, week five, man. It is going by so quickly. And uh, we're starting to see these teams pull away. You know, the good teams that are, are making a run and the bad teams that are tanking for uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence and and and, uh, and Justin Fields, Ohio State. So uh, hmm. it's an amazing thing to watch this year, how fast it's going by. Yeah. Crazy. Just for you know, for a champion cl- podcast lifted off, we were literally on a phone call just discussing the game plan for this upcoming year. Now we're five weeks in, football season flying. Some teams are doing great with no preseason. And then there's teams out there that are doing a little slow and doing a little sluggish and doing really bad. But we got it all for you here on the Champions Club podcast. We got a lot to talk about, especially for our fancy football segment, which you guys don't want to miss, as well as our locks of the week. Stay tuned. Maybe Tory lost this week. We never know. Yeah, I did. Champions Cup podcast. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I you lost. Didn't. But uh, week four, a lot of crazy games. Some teams uh, came out very sluggish. A lot, of, a lot of upsets for basically an underdog week, to say the least. Not all underdogs won, but majority of uh, a lot of people that had a lot of favorites from week four. Basically, sad day for you at the office from a betting standpoint. Maybe for, as a fantasy too, but we'll, we'll we'll cover that. But week four in the book story, man. What's quick recap of week four, man? What's some of those uh, biggest takeaways in your opinion from week four? Because I know I got plenty on my on my plate that we gonna we gonna talk about. So what what do you uh what's your takeaway from week four? Finally, the Cleveland Browns took my advice. They're four weeks late, but they they actually used it. You know, back in week one, um, I had them upsetting the Baltimore Ravens, and I said how the game would should go would be feed Nick Chubb, uh, feed Kareem Hunt, use play yep. action, you know, lean on the run, and now, yep. you know, disperse to your playmakers. And it took them a few weeks to get it done, but finally the ex- they executed that game plan against the Dallas Cowboys, and they looked extremely well, man. They put up 31 mm-hmm. points in the first half, and mm-hmm. they, damn near score. They scored 49 on the Cowboys. Now, that's mm-hmm. the Cowboys don't have a great defense, but to score 49 mm-hmm. points in the NFL game, they'll let you know you're cooking with grease. Mm. Especially going into Jerry's world and putting up 49 points. Not too many teams that do that in Jerry's world. So Browns were very effective on the ground, threw a few trick plays in there. Jarvis Landry with the bomb to Odell Beckham in the end zone. 
end around reverses. Run game was excellent. Baker didn't have to kill himself with his arm. Only had 169 passing yards. 49-38 was your final in that game. Cowboys offense got things rolling late, but it was the end was near by the time they got things rolling. Troy, man, I know that defense is, is horrible. You can't even put a Band-Aid over the wound. Where do the Cowboys go from here, man, as they prepare for the Giants? Of course, a division rival game ahead of week five. Yeah, I think this is a tough situation for the Cowboys because uh, Mike Nolan, defensive coordinator, uh, he was brought in by Mike McCarthy, and he looks outdated. And those guys look confused, and that's something you do not want to be in the NFL is you know confused and, and, and out of touch with the new norm. So the way the game is played is, is played with – uh, guys on a perimeter making uh, making big time plays, chunk plays downfield, and now uh, the Cowboys really just it's sad to watch a professional team go out and put up just a bad effort on tape. You know, you see guys not hustling to the ball. Um, you see defensive backs taking wrong angles to make a play on the ball while it's in the air, and it, it it's putting all the the stress on Dak Prescott in the offense. The where if they don't go out and score every possession. You know, it really can get out of hand. So um, if I'm the Cowboys right now, I would try to keep it simple and less is more. I think that's the best way to put it. If you're going to come out there and play man, play man the whole game. If you're going to play cover two, play cover two. But trying to uh, have these exotic looks is really really tearing your team apart. Yeah, that defense is just all over the place uh, as far as coverages-wise. People getting beat, can't tackle, and – it, it, it's it's been a really rough week-to-week basis for the Cowboys, but the only thing that's basically saving them of their playoff hopes is that the rest of the division is a mess. Uh, the Eagles did just pick up their first win of the season against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday Night Football, and now they currently hold first place in the NFC East. So you would think that with the Cowboys losing the way they are, that the division would be somewhat better, but now it's literally anybody's game still with – just two teams in that division with one win. So my biggest takeaway from week four uh, was the Panthers and Cardinals. You know, we talked about this last week of Kyler Murray coming in uh, pissed off. I should say after that, after that week three lost uh, to the Detroit lions at home. And I thought, you know, I had confidence in the Cardinals coming into that game. I thought they were going to come in and, and, and get to off to a hot start, which they didn't do uh, in week three against the lions. But I got to give credit where credit is due. Panthers came. They were home. They had a great game plan. Uh, they jumped out to a quick 14-0 lead. And then from there, the Cardinals really couldn't recover from. Uh, you know, it, it was it was sort of a uh, anybody's game at one point uh, when the Cardinals were creeping back in that third quarter. But Panthers stayed composed. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater and, and, and offensive coordinator Joe Brady got it done. 26-37, 276 passing yards, two touchdowns. Did also get in the end zone with the rushing touchdown. And Mike Davis, a guy that I pointed out for a fantasy football pickup, if you didn't have him, a solid, solid, solid week he had. 16 carries, 84 yards on the ground, did get in the end zone. So not also are we giving you tips from the betting standpoint. We're giving you some inside info uh, from a from a fantasy football standpoint. And I said last week, Mike Davis, go get him. And he showed up and showed out. Tori, man, what was your takeaway from that game and uh, the Cardinals falling to 2-2 two and two now in the season? Yeah, it was a lot of everybody was hyped up on them. We we I'm happy we we jumped off the Cardinals train uh yeah. because we knew like okay in the first couple of weeks there was some value on those guys because they were flying under the radar. 
um, having that collegiate system with uh, air raid office, air raid offense with Cliff Kingsbury and and uh, and and Kyler Murray. I mean, they looked unstoppable against the San Francisco 49ers, but mm-hmm. um, it, it just shows how they're wildly inconsistent. You know, they're a young team. They're still trying to get it figured out, and they're they're tough. They're going to be a tough out now. That that yeah. entire division, that NFC West, it, you know, it's you can't just sit there and give it to the Seahawks. I mean, they are undefeated mm-hmm. right now, but I think yeah. amongst themselves, they're going to beat up on each other, and you might have a team that slip up and claim the division. But it wouldn't shock me with the new playoff system they have in the NFL this year that three teams from one division make it, and I can see it being the guys from the NFC West. Yeah, so we'll see how the Cardinals bounce back, but the Panthers are if, if the Saints are going to keep playing the way they're playing, and they can continue winning that, you know, of course Tampa Bay is three and one right now, but don't sleep on the Panthers. I mean, everybody probably has them out as far as winning that division. That's more than likely going to be the case. They probably won't win the division. Actually, they won't win the division, but who knows? Man, maybe a wild card spot if they keep playing the way they do. So uh, we'll we'll keep that tabs on you for you guys out there listening on a Champions Club podcast. But Tori. Let's get into our locks of the week. I feel like we should talk about this early, but we are going to end it later. But both of us, again, 4-0, another win in both of our columns for locks of the week. I had Joe B. Burrow and the Bengals to get their first win of the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you picked the Miami Dolphins to cover the six and a half, which they did. Of course, as you said on, on last week's episode, that Seattle has the longest flight uh, in the NFL from Seattle to Miami. And it definitely did show out. It was a low-scoring game uh, in the first half. But Dolphins held it down despite uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, throwing some interceptions. But uh, they covered. So both of us survive another week, survive in advance, as they say, in NCAA basketball tournament time. But uh, we're both 4-0. But, Tori, man, how – of course I've seen this coming – uh, with Joe Burrow and that offense is slowly coming along. They're getting better week in and week out. 25-33 was the final in that game. Uh, Joe Burrow got it done, not also with with his arm, but with his legs. He finished with 25-36, 300 yards passing, uh, one touchdown, did, did throw an interception, as I said, uh, but had a key rush. Joe Mixon, whoo, man, 25 carries, 151, two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd, I called him out again last week. Fantasy football alert. Told you guys to go get him if you didn't. That Boyd and Burrow connection, it's the double Bs, baby. They just keep on clicking. They had seven receptions for 90 yards. T. Higgins, I did have him in my fantasy football early, but had to let him go. It was best for business, but four receptions, 77 yards. Tory, man, your takeaway from that, that Bengals' first win of the season and also Joe Burrow's first career uh, win, your take. I'm just excited for the Bengals. Uh, they were a team that a lot of people had, you know, their questions about. but And that was all because of Joe Burrow being the first pick with no OTAs, no training camp. But this guy really has shown that he's a leader. Um, the, previously, uh, when they played the Philadelphia Eagles, we watched them get knocked around. I mean, Joe Burrow was smacked. And Sacked eight times. That was, that, that was the game where he earned the respect not only of his teammates, but – his peers around the league, like, okay, you know, welcome to the big league. That was his welcome to the NFL moment was the way the punishment he took in that Philadelphia game. And for him to bounce back and to have the self-awareness to be like, you know what, if I'm out of the pocket, I'm going to slide or I'm going to get out of bounds because I understand how valuable I am 
for this organization. I am the franchise player. I'm not going to take any unnecessary hits. And to lead his team to victory, the first one of the year, uh, just shout out to the Bengals, man. That was a big win for him. Uh, for all my fantasy people, get rid of A.J. Green. You know, it, once upon a time, he was he was the man with Andy Dalton. But right now, it's a new sheriff in town. And AJ, I don't see A.J. Uh, having a productive year in Cincinnati, I, I can see the end is near with him. You know, I I, I truly can see it where, you know, they're going to get rid of him because for the amount of money they're paying him, he really isn't doing anything. And if you had him on a roster, he put up that huge one point for you. And that's, that doesn't help. You know, that, that hurts you when you have a player put up one point. So, uh, but shout out to the Bengals, man, big win for him. Uh, Jacksonville, Obviously, they went out there and did what Jacksonville usually do, and that was lose the <laughs> lose a game that they were supposed to win. But you know what? It was all about Joe Burrow and that Bengals offense. So great job to them. Kudos. Double B connection, baby. Burrow and Boyd buy stock now for all you stock owners and fantasy football owners. Go buy it. Um, yeah, AJ Green. I'm not sure if he's still banged up from last year. Uh, he did have a lot of concerns in the offseason. Did give it a go in week one. Been playing since. Only had one catch for three yards in that game and the win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So for all you, uh, as Tori said, the A.J. Green fancy football owners, I know you're probably debating like, yeah, I know he's going to have a big game coming up, but three weeks in, he hasn't really gave any production. And I'm a, I was an A.J. Green owner, I'll be honest. But we'll touch on that later on the show on the Champions Club podcast. Tori? Your lock of the week last week for week three was the Dolphins to cover the six and a half. They did cover the six and a half, even though they lost at home 31 You know what, big fella? They lost by eight. That's right. 31 to 23. I got, that's right. I got the spread. No, that, the spread at the time was seven and a half. So the spread was eight. But closing uh, at one point on DraftKings, it was at uh, six, but then it closed at five. So opening when we talked about it, on the Champions Club podcast at the time, it was at an eight and a half. Oh yeah, so I covered. Oh, I, okay. So yeah. and we when we both gave our locks of the week, we of course our, our friends at DraftKings that was at the spread at the time. Okay. All right. So See, you I, survived. Woo, yes. By the skin of my. Oh yeah, that's man. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. You know, I take. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Hell yes. Seahawks won 31-23. They undefeated first in the NFC West. Tory, of course, you picked the Dolphins to cover. Yes, they did cover. Uh, but Fitzmagic didn't look that good. But Russ Wilson, uh, the Metcalf kitchen was definitely open again. Four reception, 106 yards. God damn, go get your go check out Metcalf's kitchen. It's been cooking these last few weeks in the NFL. Russell Wilson, 24, 34, 360 passing yards, two touchdowns, did throw one interception. Tory, your take. Carson got it done on the ground as well, 16. Rushes for six for 80 yards. I'm sorry. Scored two TDs. Carson fantasy football owners. Cha-ching. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Score it big for y'all. But Tori, your take from that Seahawks and Dolphins game. I'm impressed with Russell Wilson. I mean, I've said it week in and week out, but to watch this guy go out there and cook, and literally the, the team is on his shoulder. It is all on his right shoulder. It's amazing to watch Pete Carroll sit back and allow Russ cook. Uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Carson. The way the offense is set up, literally, it's like they're just playing backyard football. And they understand that they're banged up in the secondary. They have so many injuries. Jamal Adams was out. 
And still, Russell's like, you know what? We're going to go out here. We're going to get it done. We're not going to let Fitzmagic backdoor the spread or even beat us, even though Miami is allowed to have, I think, between ten to 15,000 fans in the stadium. Yeah. It didn't matter. Russ went out there, did what he did best, so he can get back home and be with his wife and kids. So I, I'm not mad at the Seahawks. It's just one of those things where they are an offensive team now. There's not such thing as the LOB or beast mode. It's all about letting Russ cook. So um, I'm definitely impressed, and and I definitely want to see how they're going to be able to uh, do moving forward this year. Yeah, they do have the Vikings this upcoming week, which we're going to touch on later on in the show. But for all you guys out there that may not have known the rest of the week four scores, Saints got it done on the road, 35-29. We just touched on Panthers with the, the first win of the season. Cowboys got annihilated at home, gave up 49 points. Vikings got it done on the road in Houston. Uh, recent news for all you people out there that may not know. Uh, for all you people that have been listening to the Champions Club podcast through the first four weeks, I have been throwing shade and throwing ammunition and lighting my 50 cal Barrett off at Dan O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, I'm sorry. Shame on you for letting DeAndre Hawkins go and not paying that man the money. But recently, he just got fired this week. And uh, I have no comment to that. I feel as though, and Tori, you can you can touch on this, when a man wears too many hats and he sort of has a lot of power, which he shouldn't have, he tends to run away with it. And he ran away with it. And this week, there was a report that came out that J.J. Watt and uh, Bill O'Brien had gotten into an argument before he had got let go by the Houston Texans. So, Tori, not also did the Vikings lose on Sunday to the uh, Texans lose to the Vikings, but Bill O'Brien has been fired, relieved of his duties. Your thoughts? About time. Uh, unfortunately, you know, when you try to mimic someone or pretend to be uh, like a certain individual, we all know he comes from the Bill Belichick tree, and he those people idolize Bill Belichick. But there's only one of them in the world. You know, you can't – I can understand you taking some things you learn from them, but literally trying to run your program like they do in New England is yet to be – duplicated often imitated but never duplicated and it led to his demise you know whenever you're a general manager and a head coach it puts a lot of strain because now you can't have a relationship with your star players because it's going to come a point where you got to be a businessman where you know now you represent the team as a gm and that player is going to want a contract a la uh deandre hopkins and you let your emotions get in the way and you got rid of them for nothing for peanuts you do the same yep. with Jadavian Clowney. You've done the same with uh, the Honey Badger. I've watched uh, Bill O'Brien go through so many star players and give them away for, like, pennies on a dollar. So it just shows that he wasn't ready for that title. He's he's a good offensive coordinator, but just because you're a great offensive coordinator doesn't mean that you're a good head coach and doesn't mean you're a great general, general manager. And another problem is that Tom Brady put a lot of people in position to be head coaches. And as you can see, when they go to these different teams, it doesn't work like it did in New England. So leave that in New England. When you go to yeah. another program, take it one step at a time and try to build it up your own way. But trying to do things the Patriot way in Detroit or trying to do it the Patriot way in Cleveland or trying to do it the Patriot way in Houston, I mean, you literally just end up in the unemployment line. Yeah, definitely the Giants too. Joe Brady. Oh, yeah. I'm not Joe Brady. Um can't remember the guy's name. Special teams coach. Yeah. Can't remember his name. It's not important. But anyway, for all you people out there that may not know, you know, Tom Brady lit a fire under Bill, Bill O'Brien when he was the offensive coordinator in New England. But here's another New England 
coaching tree note. Romeo Cornell, former defensive coordinator at New England, won a few Super Bowls with Bill Belichick, will take over as the interim head coach. So I don't know what's going to be the, the plan, excuse me, going forward with the Houston Texans, but my my guess, my thought will be, my gut is telling me that they're probably going to bring in a head coach that's going to have an offensive mind where he can help Deshaun Watson. Yes, Deshaun Watson just signed a huge contract extension, but he's going to be running for the rest of his life with the talent he has around him offensively, and that's not a good thing to, not a good thing to, to do. So Texans lost at home, Seahawks with the win. Tampa Bay, 38-31, Tom Brady, five touchdown passes due to five different receivers in the comeback win. They were down as much as 17. Bruce Arians with the uh, press conference after and said if this was last year, we would have more than likely lost the game. So adversity, got through it. First one of the year. Let's see if they can build on this. Ravens, 31-17 on the road against the Washington football team. Giants, still winless. Lost to the Rams, 17-9. Colts, you guys all thought jolly old St. Nick was going to do it again, huh? Thought he was going to do a back-to-back Christmas came early win, huh? Didn't get it done. Phillip Rivers got it done in the road. 19-11 was your final. Buffalo Bills, I learned my lesson. Torrey learned his lesson last week, betting against them. They won, even though the Raiders were the underdog. 30-23 was your final. Eagles with their first win. Sunday night football on the road. No Jimmy G in that one, but George Kittle did look alive. I am a George Kittle fancy football owner, so shout out to Mr. Kittle with the fancy points from this week. Appreciate it, brother. And that Steelers and Titans game had got postponed. No word yet on uh, if it's going to be when they're going to play. Maybe push in, who knows, but. My Patriots got annihilated, 26-10, Monday Night Football. No Cam Newton has COVID. Get well soon, Cam. We need you. I was looking forward to that matchup. And that man, that bad man, Mr. A-Rod, 12-30-16 with your final with the win at Lambeau. Man was just slicing and dicing and throwing throwing haymakers all over the field against, against the Falcons. The Dan Quinn era is soon to come to an end. Not sure if Arthur is going to fire him midseason. But, Torrey, what do you think? Do you see, of course, the Packers are rolling offensively. No Devontae Adams. But Falcons, where do they go from here? Another loss? Good thing is they didn't have the lead in this game, and they didn't blow it, so that's kind of a good thing. <laughs> but, uh, you that's, know, that's is cold, Dan Quinn will he be fired this year before the season's over, or does Arthur, uh, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, fire him after the season? I hope so, but, you know, for the sake of the team, I think they need a, a, a fresh start. Uh, you know, ever since that Super Bowl collapse, you can't fire mm-hmm. somebody after Super Bowl, but they literally <laughs> have not been able to get that stench off of them, the way they lost the game, like how epic it was. And it's only yeah. followed them to do even worse things, where the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they were up <laughs> 27 on the Cowboys and blew that lead. And, mm-hmm. um, and it seemed like the team has lost a lot of hope. I, hell, if I worked at Home Depot, I probably could do anything there and not get fired because this guy, Arthur Blank, got so much money. He was like, yeah. we'll worry about that later on. Like, this dude has, yeah. you know, right now firing people for not doing their job is not a priority for this billionaire. That's, that's unreal. Usually everybody else, they they cut you off right at the door. But, hey, um, we'll, we'll see how the, the Falcons go. Uh, obviously, Matt Ryan didn't play well. Calvin, Calvin Ridley put up a dud in fantasy as well as Julio Jones. He goes out early. Uh, with a hamstring injury, so now he's week to week. And whenever you don't have anything to play for, you really you're gonna feel bad about some of your picks you had in fantasy if it was draft or if it, or if it's you doing uh, daily fantasy. Um, you're gonna have to start fading these teams or p- going against them. But taking guys for the Falcons, 
you know, Julio Jones might not give a damn anymore. Same thing with Todd Gurley. They might just be ready to mail it in. And, you know, like they say in the NBA, man, one, two, three, Cancun. You know, it, they can be getting ready for the offseason. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens with the Falcons going forward. I don't know if, if who knows what's going to happen with that franchise. Matt Ryan is up in age. Yes, he got paid. He just gave Todd Gurley a lot of money, and it's not working out to what he had envisioned when he signed with the Atlanta Falcons. Jesse is a Georgia Bulldog alum. But week four in the books, week five days away, we got to hear for you on a Jameis Club podcast. All our information today will be brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. If you guys don't have the DraftKings app, you guys can download with your iPhone or Android device. For all you iPhone users, just go to your app store and type in DraftKings download. And for all you Android users, just go to your Play Store and type in DraftKings, DraftKings.com. You guys can do live betting as well as fancy football. DraftKings.com. Sign up today. Week five, Tori. We're here. Woo! Bengals and Ravens. Man, I can feel it. Spread is at 13. Bengals are the underdogs. Over and unders at 51 and a half. Tori, what's your takeaway? What's your breakdown for this game when these two teams match up on Sunday? Yeah, I, I can see this game getting out of hand. Uh, obviously, the Baltimore Ravens were embarrassed uh, two weeks ago on Monday Night Football. Uh, they came back, played against the Washington football team, and they looked pretty good. But this is another stat game where um, if I'm in a locker room and I'm looking at that Bengals uh, team, I know that defensively they're not as good. And on offense, uh, they're limited. So if I'm the Ravens, I'm like, man, this is a game where I can put up some big numbers. So don't be shocked to see uh, – Hollywood Brown, if he steps up and has a big game, as well as the running backs for the Ravens, because they're going to really try to uh, get those reps of uh, getting the ball downfield and, and just being explosive because they haven't looked like they did last year. You know, last year they were rolling. So with this being a division game, I can see them really going out there and trying to pounce on the Bengals uh, to jump out on them so they can coast the rest of the way. Do you think, could you see here possibly the Bengals covering that 13? It's with the win that they just had at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars coming into the role in the Baltimore, could you see that possibly happening? No, I, I don't see it. Um, and the reason why is it's going to take Joe Burrow a lot to get the ball downfield and um, the time of possession. So I, I just think that's something that Baltimore is going to do a great job of. So now when Joe does get the ball, uh, he's going to be pressed to make a play, and that's what usually leads to turnover. So um, if the Ravens just go out and handle business and do what they're supposed to do, I don't even think the, the back door would be open for this. Yeah, this could be one of those games where, yes, the Bengals, they're really ranked very low as far as run defense is concerned. And this could get, like, as you said, it could get better ugly early. And uh, we all know the Bengals don't have enough firepower offensively, despite the double B connection. Uh, to come back and be in that sort of shootout with the Ravens as the way they lost on Monday night to the Kansas City Chiefs. So stay tuned for that. That game will be at 1 o'clock on CBS. Raiders and Chiefs, Tory. I like this game a lot. Gruden versus Andy Reid. Raiders are 2-2 two and two on the season. Chiefs are still undefeated, 4-0. Raiders are the underdogs coming into it. Spread is at 14. Over and under is at 56.5 right now. What's some of the things to point out when these two teams match off to her? Because can Gruden come into Kansas City and, and pull it off? Hell no, but it's going to be a great fantasy game, though. Uh, neither <laughs> <laughs> uh, take anybody for the Raiders or take anybody for the Chiefs offensively. Uh, as long as the weather is is clear, um, you're, you're going to see a lot of – you're going to see the ball 
everywhere. You're gonna see you're gonna see these guys spinning around the yard. You're gonna see Patrick Mahomes with explosive plays because the secondary of the Raiders is just bad. Like I I can't even name you a defensive back on there because literally they're pulling guys off the street trying to throw them in the game and 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 get them some reps because they don't have enough uh, healthy bodies on their traveling roster. So um, I just think this is gonna be a high scoring game where. Even when the the Chiefs are are taking their foot off the gas, you'll have Derek Carr, you'll have his weapons out there. Where these guys, uh, Brian Edwards, uh, Josh Jacobs, where these where they get the ball and be able to make plays because it's not a game where the Chiefs are really riled up for. They they're gonna go out there, get the win and do what they do. But you know it also leaves the door it'll leave the back door open. But I just don't know if the Vegas Raiders have enough to actually do it, man. I I've just um. Chris Jones, he was out last week. I think the reason why he didn't play is because Cam Newton didn't play. Um, but if it was if Cam played last week for that in that Patriots Chiefs game, I think you would have got him as well. So uh, with him yeah. being back this week, it's gonna make it extremely hard because the 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 Raiders' offensive line isn't that good as well. So um, expect to see a lot of fireworks in this game, uh, a lot of passes. I, I just think it's too offensive-minded egos that's going at each other. Literally, they're going to want to outduel each other. And at the end of the day, whenever you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback with the weapons of Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, it's, it's literally going to be a stat game. So, um, you know, the, the total score is at 56, and it wouldn't shock me if they blew that out of the water. Yeah, and I'll add on to your great point. This could be a great, great week as far as this game's concerned for fantasy football owners if you have – uh, Josh Jacobs, because New England alone, with all their backs combined, rushed for 185 yards. Chiefs defense couldn't stop the run to save a, save a nickel, but also couldn't stop it to get a dime. And I could see a game where this is Josh, for all you Josh Jacobs fancy owners out there, where he can rack up some points. Yeah, they may lose, but he can get you between 25 and 30 points, depending on uh, how they come out. Of course, the game plan for this week with Gruden and that offensive uh, meeting room is probably going to be majority of the pass because you're going to need to pass the ball and be effective to beat the Chiefs. And of course, Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham wasn't, even though Jared Stidham did throw uh, the only passing touchdown that game. Yes, it was bad to watch as a Patriot fan. Yes, I am one for people out there I don't know. But yeah, Cam Newton, we'd have loved to have you in this game. Probably would have liked our chance to win more than Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham, but that's a story for another day. Eagles and Steelers story. Steelers, ooh, Eagles, of course, picked up their first win against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday Night Football this past Sunday. Eagles are trying to go, trying to keep the number one seed in the NFC East. One and two. Steelers are three and oh. Tori, I like this game a lot, and I like it because I feel as though the Eagles are coming in another road game, another tough environment to play. Uh, yes, the Steelers do have a fan capacity, but we know how to, we know. No matter where you are in the stadium, you can see those terrible towels wave. And I do think this is a game where the Seals will come in after not playing uh, last week and get a win to go on to 4-0. Your take on this game, what's some of the things uh, – what's some things to note out? Can the Eagles come in on the road after beating San Francisco and come into Steelers in Heinz Field and get a win? I think the Eagles can. And I, I, I truly hate betting on the Eagles, but – uh, this past week, you know, we talked about them going to San Francisco and, and and getting a win. This this is the type of game they would go out and and go make and, and upset someone. I think going against the Steelers this weekend, I think it's going to be an ugly football game. Uh, right now, as the weather 
um, holds out on, on AccuWeather.com. They're saying it's supposed to rain during the game. So uh, neither team really wants to run the football. But um, I, I still want to see what Big Ben is is up to on on offense. You know, I, he hasn't been consistent enough for me. I, I, I've seen Juju Smith, uh, Schuster get in the end zone and make some plays. But that run game for the Steelers has just been pedestrian. Like, I, I really don't know who's their running who's their starting running back. You know, I can't tell if it's going to be Connor, if it's going to be Snell. Um, it, it's just they're kind of the, – the Pittsburgh traditionally are a team that people love to watch and bet on, but when you literally sit down and watch them play, uh, it's everything is kind of like fell back on the defense. You know, the defense has been doing extremely well. Uh, when you have Watt coming off the edge as well as Bud Dupree, I mean, I feel sorry for any opposing quarterback, but I think uh, – <laughs> But their secondary just really, you know, they're they're suspect of getting beat over the top. So um, as a as as a football fan, I'm gonna be happy to sit back and watch this game. And you know, I would have the Steelers on upset alert. It wouldn't shock me if if Philly found a way to get a win. Yeah, Eagles are coming into this game as the underdogs with with seven over and unders at 44. To where another thing, you know, Steelers did have technically a extra week due to their game against the Tennessee Titans being postponed due to uh, players having COVID. So with this extra week, I should say, or extra days to prepare for the Eagles, will this help them? Yeah, I think they'll come out, you know, the open and drive and ha- scheme up some stuff. But, you know, once you get through that, we call it the first 15 plays. Once you get off the script and you have to call the game just how it is. I, I think, you know, Doug Peterson going against that Steelers, uh, Mike Tomlin, I think it, it, it's the advantage to – oh, it's the advantage to the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and it's <laughs> it's tough for me to say that. Like, I, I don't yeah. – I can't sit there and say I'm, I'm going to pound the table on it, but I've just seen these situations in sports where, you know, the who have the Steelers beat? You know, they've beat the mm-hmm. Giants. Um, they really haven't beat anyone where you can be like, yeah, you know, they – they went out there and handled business. Like this is going to be the Steelers' first test uh, going against the Eagles, and I think this is a, a truly great spot for them. Like Mike Tomlin and and some of these games with Ben Roethlisberger, I've went out here and and, and I've I've watched these guys just fall short on talent that on teams are supposed to beat. You know, on paper it seemed yeah. like the Steelers are the automatic pick, but you know I've watched them go out here and just kind of trick the game off. So. Um, you know, I, Philadelphia is feeling good about their win. And I think they can keep it up as long as they get some fresh bodies because um, they have a lot of guys that's injured. But if they can uh, if they can continue to make, patch it together and make it work, man, I, I've seen Philly, um, you know, win a Super Bowl that way with so many players on injured reserve. Not saying they're going to win it this year, but going against the, the matchup of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I'm leaning towards the Eagles in this game. Hell no, they ain't going to win it this year. They'd <laughs> no. be lucky if they can even get out of the division. Let's put let's put that to bed right now on the Champions Club podcast. No chance in hell Eagles are gonna win it this year. Yeah, they're Broncos not, yeah, and they're not Patriots. <laughs> yeah, they just just forget as the Italians say, forget about it. Not happening. So Broncos and Patriots right now on the for my friends at DraftKings, we don't have a line. There is no line out for the Broncos and Patriots game. Uh, there is no word yet if Cam will be a go for this Sunday. Uh, at home against the Broncos, uh, we you know we would love to give you some information on that, but we don't have it right now. I, you know maybe DraftKings will, uh, release it Friday. I'm guessing as more news develops when we get a word on if Cam's going to play or not. So stay tuned for that. But Patriots are coming off a Monday night loss, Tory. 
to the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't expect the game to be like that, but turned out that way. It was a horrible game to watch as a Patriot fan. But Broncos are just as worse. Woo! Got annihilated at home against Tom Brady and the Bucks last week. And um, this game is... I don't know. I, I can't even really be honest with you about this game because if there's no Cam Newton, it's basically going to be the battle of the backups. Drew Locke is, is still questionable. Who knows if he's going to start this game? And we've seen uh, their, their backup in action against Tampa Bay, and he didn't really look any bright either. So if this is the case as far as battle of the backups, of course, Brian Hoare or Jared Stidham, there is no announced starter for this for this game on Sunday. I don't know which way it could go. I mean, I'll take the positive away from that Monday night game. The, the run game was great. It was very excellent. James White returned after losing uh, his father. has been away from the team. It was good to see him get the ball and get his legs back rolling. Uh, I'm a huge James White fan. I've been rooting for him. I spent his days at Wisconsin. But, Tory, man, is, is it me or is it just a game where who knows what could possibly happen because there is no prediction, especially if there's no Cam Newton. Oh, to make matters worse, you're going to be be without Stefan Gilmore as well. He tested oh, positive yeah. uh, for COVID. Great point. Yeah, defense, reigning defensive player of the year. So um, I think you're going to get Cam Newton back. Um, from what I've heard and from what I've read, he's tested uh, negative uh, once, and I think he has to test negative again. If, if he has two consecutive uh, negative tests, I think uh, he, he would be eligible to play on Sunday, so that would definitely help the team out. But, um, you know, I, whenever you miss Stephon Gilmore in the secondary, that's going to be extremely tough. But, hey, man, it's Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, man. They went out there with, with worse players and made it happen. So um, I would never go against those guys at home, um, especially coming off a loss. Uh, you know, majority of those players have been around for some time, and they understand the culture of New England football. And they're going to want to get that taste out of their mouth. But, um, you know, this is just an ugly football game. But the only thing I can say is, man, get well, fellas. Um, you know, make sure you guys stay safe because I don't want to see any players uh, miss out on the opportunity to, to play a game on Sunday because, you know, they came down with COVID because they weren't doing the right thing. So, man, just, you know, mask up and, and take care of yourselves. Yeah, we definitely want to, on behalf of everyone here at the Champions Club podcast, we want to send our thoughts out to – Stefan Gilmore, as he just got tested positive, get well soon, Stefan. Uh, not also me speaking as a Patriot fan or Tory speaking as a South Carolina alum, but you know we don't want to see things like this where uh, a virus or this outbreak can cause you to miss the game you love and be having a chance to go out there on Sunday and, and and putting putting it all on the line. So, you know, yeah, Cam Newton's been the first Patriot uh, to get tested positive now, Stefan Gilmore. So, hope to see you back soon, Stefan. So get well and. Uh, this game will be at 425 on CBS as well. Of course, I hope my Patriots, I know my Patriots will win coming off a loss. And Bill Belichick is going to be fired up. And I expect Josh McDaniels, regardless if it's Jared Stidham or if it's Brian Hoyer, I expect either one to bounce back from this. Because it was disgusting to watch on Monday Night Football. But of course, Champions Cup podcast, Tori Gurley, Monty Moss podcast streaming live you can catch it on apple Podcasts, spotify anchor fm soundcloud don't forget to hit follow us and mention us on uh, instagram or twitter don't worry we'll follow back we'll actually tweet you back or dm you back don't be shy Whew. man cowboys and giants story i don't even i don't even want to talk about this game because of course the giants are winless and the cowboys defense is disgusting 
to watch. But what's your take on this game? What what do you what do you think is going to happen? I I think I think the Cowboys, of course, will be back at Jerry's World, and the way the Giants have been playing these these first four weeks, the Cowboys this is a must win. Is it safe to say this is a must win game? I think it's a must win for both teams. I think they're looking at each other like <laughs> both of us bad. So we really got a shot to win this game. You know, like I'm quite yeah. sure the guys on the Giants like, man, that Cowboy defense is horrible. Like I can get mm. off, you know, I might be able to get me a new contract. And then the Cowboys looking at the Giants like, man, these dudes have only scored three touchdowns in, in three games or something like that. They haven't put up any type of stats. So, um, honestly, if it were – for, for our show and for content, I'm pulling for the Giants to have the upset because I love to see Cowboy fans in misery. So, it, <laughs> it, like, it would be great for TV. You? you know, I, I love to oh, see man. Jerry stress even more. So, oh, you know, yeah. I, I honestly, I would say stay, stay the hell away from this game. But if I had to pick yeah. a side, hell, give me the Giants, man. Go out here and, and, and shake up the football world and, and leave the Cowboys 1-5 and five or 1-4. and four. Uh, going into week five, man. That'd be right on time. Hey, there's no better feeling than seeing the Dallas Cowboys lose. Rather, it's Monday night, Sunday night football, Thursday night football. Hell, it could be postponed. Love seeing the Cowboys lose, man. Makes me sleep great at night, and I wake up fired up. It's just something about that. Don't know. But, of course, that game will be on CBS. More than, I I think, uh, Tony Romo and, uh, oh my God, shame on me. Tony Romo and we know Romo is Jim on Nance. The call. Jim yeah. Nance, <laughs> Jim Nance, and Tony Romo will will more than likely have the call for this game. Not sure yet. I haven't seen the broadcast schedule, but yeah, both teams need to win. But I think this is a game where you both Giants and the Cowboys look themselves in the mirror and like, yeah, we both suck. So. May the best team win. Yeah. Like, and this is a division game, so. What I'm we'll trying see. to figure out is how the Cowboys are 10-point favorites or 9.5 or 10. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Like, I was going to get to what that. What in the hell? Like, the Giants are bad, but they're not that bad. I just watched the Giants put up a dogfight against the Rams. And they covered. And, and covered. So, you know, like, that's why, I'm, you know, just from a betting standpoint, I'm going to go with Danny Dimes. I'll see what he's working with now. He, he doesn't have a lot. You know, it, Ingram hasn't has been inconsistent. Um, Golden Tate really hasn't been playing well. Uh, they got Devontae Freeman at running back. But, I mean, against this Dallas Cowboy defense, I mean, they make everybody look good. So, um, <laughs> hey, man, Danny Dimes, I'm pulling for you, baby. Contract week, baby. Yes, sir. Cha-ching. If you are about to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, Give me or Dallas. For, <laughs> put Dallas on my schedule. Are you fighting for a bonus? The Cowboys is the team to play. <laughs> go get that paper, baby. You want that contract? You want that bonus? This is the week to go get it, baby. Cowboys and Giants. Catch that game on Sunday. Vikings and Seahawks story. Man, this is a Sunday night game. I like this game. I know I've been saying that a lot, but I actually do. Okay, well, tell me what Vikings, side you're on. Yeah, talk to me. Well, I'm 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 about to, I'm about to preach. Everybody in attendance, choir, Pastor Moss is getting ready to give my sermon. So buckle up. Vikings are coming into this game as the underdog, seven point favorite. The over and under is at fifty seven and a half. Vikings did put up a great offensive game against the Houston Texans. 
Yes, the Seahawks defense can be a liability at times, but they they hold it down. No Jamal Adams this Sunday. Keynote. And Kirk Cousins. And that offense is coming in steaming hot. And when I say steaming hot, yes, they've been offensively, they've been great these last two weeks. But defensively, they've been horrible. They're coming on the road again. They just came from Houston, so they're going to Seattle. And I'm not saying the Vikings will win this game. I do think the Seahawks possibly could pull it off. But I'm not rooting out a, a Vikings win now also. So, spread is that seven, Tory. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and the crew look great. Dalvin Cook was awesome on the ground. What's your what's your keys to the game when these two teams kick off on Sunday night? I got to follow my little bro. And what I mean by that, I got the Vikings circled as a as upset. I, I see the Seattle, mm. I see the Seattle Seahawks taking the L on Sunday night. And that's something I don't like doing is backing Kirk Cousin in primetime. Oh, I man. mean, God, yeah. this guy, you know, it's so many memes about him. And, you know, Russ is cooking, playing in Seattle. Metcalf kitchen. Metcalf, Lockett, Sean Carson. I mean, you you name it. Greg Olson. They have so Woo! much talent. But I think if there is an upset on the horizon, yeah. I, I can see Kirk Cousins. You like that? And the <laughs> – I mean, do you like – I think I, I'm, I'm pulling – I don't even want the points. I'm taking the Vikings to win the game outright. I th- mm. I, and, and I've experienced the wrath of Kirk Cousins before. Let me take you guys down memory lane. So a couple uh-huh. years ago, I'm playing a survival pool. And I think mm-hmm. I'm in like week eight, week nine, and everything is all good. And I'm yeah. looking at the schedule. And this was when Seattle had the LOB, the Legion of Ooh. Boom. You know, you yeah. had Sherm, Cam Chancellor, Earl is out there. And I looked at that schedule and I was like, oh, give me Seattle to beat the Vikings. You know what happened that mm-hmm. day? What happened? In Seattle, Kirk Cousins went out there and put it on the Seahawks in front of their home crowd, in front of the 12, and he balled. And he balled with players that I couldn't even name. Like, it was guys fresh off the street. So, and that that image is still burned in my mind because I just watched that money just, like, fall right out of my hands. Because literally, uh, I think, matter of fact, earlier that day it was a huge upset. So I went from being in a pool of like a thousand people to like down to like 75. And all thing I had to do was just get the win. And literally, you know, Kirk Cousins went out there and and just he smashed the Seahawks. He went out there, picked them apart, uh, scored a game winning touchdown. And from there, it was like, you know what? He's not as bad as what we media members make him out to be. Like at once upon a time, Kirk Cousins was. He was playing. He was playing at a high level where he was able to earn a ninety-nine million dollar contract, all fully guaranteed. So the guy has game, and I think this would be a great spot for him to come in there and to upset the Seattle Seahawks at home uh, on a Sunday night, just to yeah. get that, just to get that stigma off of him that he can't be clutch in a primetime spot. So I, I'm backing Kirk Cousins and fantasy as well as with my bet this week. Yeah. Primetime football has not been the best for Kirk Cousins. But damn it, it ends on Sunday. <laughs> so, Vikings, right now, for my friends at DraftKings, they are plus 60 for the money line. That bet alone could go get you something. Nice. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving's coming up. Actually, you know, probably won't be any Halloween due to COVID. 
So I can't say go win your money, go spend your earnings on Halloween candy for the for the children. But Thanksgiving is coming up. There goes your turkey money and the collard greens and the yams. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to this, man. I, I I really am. And I think this is a great I think it's a great spot for not also Kirk Cousins, but Justin Jefferson to continue to play. Yes. And continue the ball because I own him in fantasy. And first week got off to a slow start. But you can see in his game as he's progressing and getting used to the NFL climate and how the game is played that he's getting used to it. And, of course, he has a great mentor in Minnesota with Adam Thielen, who's also a great fantasy football uh, player, uh, does produce points week in and week out. And uh, this is a great spot for him as well, especially in the primetime lights. And we all know what he's done at LSU in primetime prime time football. So looking forward to this game. Yeah, and the, and the, Sunday mo- night. And the money on. line right now is plus two seventy, so it's okay, well, yeah, yeah, it's okay. plus it's plus two seventy, and all the money is coming in on Seattle. I'm quite sure they're going to be on every bet, every teaser. Yep. People going to money line them, and yep. I just think it's one of those games where, uh, you know, a, a wise man once told me, man, the, the road to Easy Street is through the sewer, mm. and uh, and when and whenever it's it looks too good to be true. And sometimes you just got to go the other way, and it's it's hard to do, especially when you know you have these different images of, of Kirk Cousins just falling short. But I think this is a game where he goes out and he shakes up the football world. Yeah, you can catch that game on Sunday night. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth will have the call. Michelle DeFoy will be on sideline duties. Chargers and Saints Monday Night Football, Tory. Chargers are coming in with the nine point underdog right now. Saints are. Coming off a win, Chargers are coming off a a seventeen point deficit loss. They held, they were up. They as were much up seventeen. Bucks. Yeah, they were up seventeen. Up as much as seventeen and let that goat Brady come on back and rally the troops and throw five TDs to five different receivers. What do you like about this game, Tori? If the Chargers didn't have so many injuries, I wouldn't mind backing a rookie quarterback in a primetime spot. Um, I just think he's younger. And the the defense of the Chargers, I watched them shut the Kansas City Chiefs down a few weeks ago. But they have so many guys that's out. You know, uh, Bosa is banged up, Melvin Ingram. I know he's currently on the IR. But they have the defensive personnel to keep it a ball game. Um, if you look at their secondary, they still have Casey Hayward. Um, they they have a they have they have a King out there at corner. So they have some they have some players. Um, it's all gonna fall back on Justin Herbert. You know, is he gonna turn the ball over? Obviously, playing in New Orleans, it's not the same because they don't have full attendance, and I think that's gonna play to uh, play to his strength because now he can talk with his offensive coordinator all the way up to uh, 15 seconds, and then that's when the yep. mic's cut off in the helmet. So I, I think yep. you know he can go out there and, and make it a ball game. So um, I, I'm still not impressed with Drew Brees. Uh, they fell behind to the the Detroit Lions. They were down 14-0, and they rallied back and scored thirty, damn near thirty five in the second half or or whenever. But um, yeah. I'm just I'm just not sold on the Saints, man. I, I'm not sold on Drew Brees. I think they're doing the most with trying to bring in Taysom Hill, uh, sparing them spot, you know, sparing them snaps. Uh, you can't do that when it comes to playing football. You need to leave your quarterback in there, especially if they're one of the highest paid people in the league. Like you paying them. X amount of dollars to go out there and win you games. And whenever you start, you know, trying to run these gimmick plays, as you, as we saw when they played against the Packers, you brought in Taysom Hill 
tried to run a read option and he fumbled and the game flipped on his head. Uh, Packers were able to capitalize, score, and win the game. Um, I can see the same with the Chargers. So um, with this Saints team, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is, is starting to come along. Jared Cook has still uh, been on the injured list, but hopefully he can get back because he is a fantasy stud. But they're not anything without Michael Thomas, man. It, it, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to build a team around a receiver, but the Saints have. And as Michael Thomas goes, that's how the Saints go. And it, it used to be the other way around. It used to be all about uh, Drew Brees, but it's all about Michael Thomas. And if he isn't healthy, I can see these guys struggling uh, against the Chargers in a primetime game. Yeah. That Monday night football game, you can uh, shout out to, I want to give a special shout out to Lewis Riddick. Just got the job for Monday night football, was a analyst for so many years for ESPN. And uh, he, he's been great so far. I, I've liked – okay, let, let's go into a quick who's better and who's worse. Would you rather have this Monday Night Crew or would you rather have the Monday Night Crew from last year? Come on, man. Anything beats uh, having <laughs> Jason Witten up there. That guy, you know, Jason, you're a better football player than you are a play-by-play guy, and it's all good. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, man. He Just was- that game, Monday Night Football. Eight fifteen, Chargers are the nine point underdog. Overnight is at fifty and a half. Tori, man, is it safe to say? Yes, you said that. You know, you're not going to back up this rookie quarterback. So, do you like the Saints' disposition with the cover? Then basically, run away with nine. No, I, I think that's too high. Um, I, I will take the Chargers with the points. Um, I think they can keep it a ball game. I mean, this guy is pretty athletic. Athletic Justin Herbert. So whenever you get in a pinch. Um, he can elude the pocket. He can, you know, scramble for a few yards or he can make throws downfield. Um, you still have Keenan Allen. Um, and, you know, they just they find a way to get it done. You know, I, I wouldn't say they go out and beat them, but I think they can keep it a ball game uh, in that spot. Catch that game Monday night. Woo! It's time, baby. Man, fantasy football. I am highly, highly pissed off. Here's why. So I didn't know that I found out actually last minute after I made all my lineup adjustments, you know, my claim period trading. And I come to find out I had no opponent this week. So I put up 148 points and I played no one. So I'm still stuck at two and one, but I'll be ready to go week five. I, I guarantee you that. So I'm curious to see, uh, I'll give out some quick, some quick, uh, High hitters for me, as well as Tory will touch on his. Tom Brady got it done, gave me 32 points. Man, Chris Carson gave me 25, had an effective day on the ground. Adam Thielen with 26. George Kittle. He's a big rock fan in the show because definitely I did smell what Kittle was cooking. Gave me 40 points, 183 yards receiving. Man, he couldn't be stopped. Uh, CeeDee Lamb gave me 25, as well as my good old buddy. Jet McKinnon, Tory's Tory's uh steal of the week from week three, gave me twenty two points. Tory man, how was your fancy football Sunday? Who are some guys that gave you some high hitter numbers? Uh, well, I, obviously I drafted Aaron Rodgers a while back, so he was my guy. Yes. He was my quarterback, so he he balled. Mm. Uh, Aaron yep. put up big numbers for me. Uh, Jet Jet man, I, shout out to Jet. You know he's been he's definitely been he's been stepping up for me. Um, I, I, I admire how Kyle Shanahan is finding different ways to get him the ball. 
And, you know, whenever you have that, um, it, it makes it extremely convenient for you as a fantasy owner. Um, it, it just you, you, you can't help but to just enjoy it, you know, where you see a guy, you know, come in right off the street, boom, make plays. Uh, my next guy was TJ Hawkinson. He got in the box again. Devontae Parker. I told you going against that secondary of the uh, Seattle Seahawks, uh, Fitz Magic was going to find him. He put up 20-plus points for me. And, uh, you know, I, Cooper Cup, you know, he he broke the game wide open uh, against the Giants. Uh, he had a huge fantasy day for me. So I, I, I can't complain, man. We, I just need uh, a few other players to step up. Unfortunately, I, I have a lot of Packer players, and they're on a bye week. So I got to go out here on the waiver wire and make something shake. But I, I feel pretty good about – uh, Kirk Cousins. I, I think I'm going to sub him in and I'm going to find a couple Viking receivers and we're going to go against this. Uh, we're going to go against this bad secondary of the Seattle Seahawks. Word of advice, go get Justin Jefferson if he's still in the market for you. Not too late for all you guys at fantasy football owners. Add a drop period right now. Claim periods also right now, as well as some trades. Still can make some, some late addition season trades ahead of week five. So we all got to cover for you here on a champions club podcast. Tori and myself just gave you our big hitters from our lineups, but Tori, man, who are some sleepers they aim for after, after this, after this week four matchup, it's safe to say that Jet McKinnon is no longer a sleeper because he was a steal for, for the both of us these last two weeks and racking up points. But in your opinion, man, who would be, who would be a steal for you to go get after week four? Because one of mine that I have marked down, is uh, Robert Turner, this tight end from Green Bay, was a nobody prior to this game and came out this weekend against that horrible Falcons defense and gave put up 33 points. And I feel as though he could be a possible another keep another player to keep uh, in that tight end spot, man. So who, in your opinion, from what you've seen uh, after week four, who are some sleepers to aim for ahead of uh, week five for fantasy? <sighs> surprisingly I got to go against the Atlanta Falcons defense. So uh, they're currently, I think they're playing against the Carolina Panthers. So yep. give me Teddy two gloves and give mm. me uh Robbie Anderson. And then give me your boy, Mike Davis. I think I can, I can make some shake with those players. Uh, the Falcons ha- have shown that they can't play D. Um, nope. And if you can sprinkle in, you, you find one guy for the giants. I think they have a receiver. His last name is Slayton. If you can get him, you got to go against bad defenses. It's, n- it's not about um, the actual team, but it's about who gives up the most yards, who give up the most points. And whenever you you find guys that are going against the Falcons defense or the Dallas Cowboy defense, as a fantasy owner, you're, you're smiling at the end of the day because you know, man, these guys are getting busy out there against those uh, depleted secondaries. Yeah, and I told America to go get Mr. Mike Davis last week. And I'm going to tell America again, if you don't have them, go get them. But if you have them, keep them. Did a hell of a – did his thing, as I touched on earlier on the show. And Teddy Teddy two-time, Teddy two gloves, put up 26 points for fantasy. Had a great day against the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, you've seen what Aaron Rodgers has done against that Falcons defense. Yes, the, the Panthers don't have the Falcons offensive play tools that Aaron has. But still, Carolina Panthers do put up points. You saw what they did against Arizona, 31-21. Go get them. Those are some key three guys to go get. Mike Davis had 22 points this past Sunday. I'm pretty sure he's gonna give he's gonna give me as well as all the Mike Davis owners out there another 20 plus points against that horrible uh, Falcons defense. So 
Stay tuned for that. Those are some sleepers. Torrey, who are, the, who are some players to stay the hell away from after week four? Woo. Uh, players I would stay away from. Uh, you got to stay away from – well, the the Packers are on a bye week, but you got to stay away from, from Tonyan. He had a great game, but you got Devontae Adams coming back. You got Alan Lazard coming back, and you know those – those touchdowns are not going to come like that anymore. He caught lightning in a bottle. And I will also stay away from uh, the receivers of the Cleveland Browns, Odell Beckham and, and Jarvis Landry. Uh, they were able to do that against Dallas, but this week they're going against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I see the Browns winning the game, but the way they're going to win it is handing the ball off. They're not going to be able to win it by uh, running these trick plays or whatever because these guys are more disciplined. You know, They have some players up front that cause a lot of havoc. And something you don't want to do is leave the game in the hands of Baker Mayfield. You'd rather use the legs of Kareem Hunt and the stable of backs they have, and then you slowly disperse the ball to your to your tight ends and to you know all you got Austin Hooper out there, and then you use Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. But don't get caught up in that performance of what Odell Beckham did last week. I doubt it's going to happen like that this week because the Colts are they are the number one defense in the NFL right now. So just yep. tread lightly when it comes to that. Don't. I know you just watched the highlights of them beating up on Dallas, but the Colts are not the Dallas Cowboys, okay? Please, America, yeah. hear me out. You heard, Tori, damn it. My player, I mean, I can give you a list, but I'm going to keep it short and sweet. My player to stay away from would be Greg Olson. A lot of people had Greg Olson as a predominantly big target for, for Russell Wilson. It hasn't played out to what a lot of people envision when he when he joined the Seattle Seahawks, excuse me. But just alone in these past two starts, he's only had 13 targets for five receptions. That that right there is a, a low as far as a, a, a tight end, uh, especially for fantasy football. And yes, you know, we, we've all been accustomed to seeing Greg Olson and, and the Cam, Cam Newton effect be great in Carolina. Yes, Greg Olson at one point was a top five, top three tight end that you must have for fantasy football a few years back, but times has changed. And I know a lot of people own or, or, well, a lot of people do own Greg Olson, but I wouldn't, yes, he's due for a big game, but it won't be this week against against the Minnesota Vikings at home. Just just these last two weeks, I'll give you the numbers that I have it in front of me. Uh, against Dallas, he only had 11 points, five, five receptions. And against Miami this past Sunday, he only had five receptions for 35 yards, put up eight points. That tight end spot is very, very valuable in fantasy football. Uh, it can't. I'm not going to sit here and say it can make you and break you, but you want a tight end that can give you production and give you points, especially if you're going into a, a big matchup of uh, that the upcoming week in fantasy. So for all you Greg Olson fans or Greg Olson fantasy football owners, I would either either drop him or if you – don't want to release him. You just love him for him. Then just put him on a bench because if you're starting him, you're literally wasting a, a valuable spot where you can go grab a tight end, which I can name you uh, plenty to go grab that can fill that spot and give you more production than what Greg Olson has been doing. So that that's my stay the hell away from player uh, for week five. A uh, week five, Tori man, what advice would you give to people out there uh, after just just week in, in fantasy because. We've always we've been talking about big names, and yes, you said Odell and Jarvis Landry. There are big names, and a lot of people do own them in fantasy. But what advice would you give to those people out there ahead of Week Five? 
it's never as good as you think it is and it's never as bad. Uh, don't overreact when it comes to trades. Uh, you really got to put on your general manager hat and just stay even keel. And <laughs> it, because it, I, 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 I've seen so many people, you know, yeah. they, they go crazy. Like they, they watch a game and um, you just can't, you will never win if you're always chasing. Like if you're always yeah. chasing that, oh, that 40, that 30, 40 point performance is not going to happen that way. It's by nope. strategy, you know, it's timing. So it's okay. You know, just roll with the punches because the person you're playing against, they're in the same situation you're in, especially if you're in a 10 man team or 12 or 14, there aren't too many players you can go get on the waiver wire. So you just got to yep. hold it in a road and you'll know when to make some moves, but just overreacting because someone had a, a great game or a bad game. You just got to, you got to take it on the chin and keep rolling. Cause if not, uh, you'll forever be chasing. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add on to what Tori's saying, but I'll, I'll make it sort of, I'll give you guys a relation. What Tori's saying about don't be a GM, basically saying, don't be a Bill O'Brien. Don't let your ego get in the way of your, or your emotions. Because it can hurt you. <laughs> your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Houston Texans. Hopefully they can get that organization together because they Deshaun Watson just got paid a lot of money and I would like to see him continue the ball and make the playoffs because man, it's a mess down there. But Champions Club Podcast, Tori Gurley, Monty Moss here. All our information from today's show and also of all of our shows going forward was brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. If you guys don't have a DraftKings app, you guys can go download. Download DraftKings today. DraftKings.com. Sign up. Don't forget to tag your best lineups as well as your parlay tickets. You can at us on Instagram at MontyMoss3 as well as Tori at ToriGurley81 or on Twitter T underscore Gurley81 or myself at MontyMoss3 will definitely uh, tweet back or DM back or interact with you and try to give you the best advice possible ahead of Sunday. Rather it's fantasy football is concerned or rather it's um, a betting standpoint, as far as a parlay ticket, not sure what team to pick. That's why we give you locks of the week as well as give you our insight to our uh, when we're talking about the different games with the spreads. Don't forget, Champions Club Podcast. Subscribe today. Ah, oh, man. Bets of the week, locks of the week. We've got into that. Uh, for all you guys out there that may not know, we're both undefeated at 4 0. Tory picked the Dolphins last week to cover the eight and a half. They did. I picked the Bengals with the win as well as the three at home. They got it done. Joe Burrow's first win. But without further ado, it's time for week five lock of the week. Tori and myself will give you one lock from this upcoming week five schedule. And of course, the loser has to buy the opposing partner. But we're brothers, mentor, mentee. Roof, 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 roof. Steakhouse, baby. I love steaks. Both undefeated, Tori. I'm not praying on your downfall because I know you wouldn't want to pray on mine. But I'm loving the fact that we're both undefeated cruising through week five. We're not at the halfway stretch yet, but damn, it's pretty impressive knowing that you got two beautiful black men. Yes, Tori is married. And I'm looking for the girl of my dreams. But we're undefeated and I love it. And uh, let's see if we can keep it going. So, Tori, without further ado, who's your week five lock of the week? Give me Kirk Cousins in primetime. I'm all in. I'm putting all my chips on the table. Uh, Kirk Cousins plus seven. Mm, Kirk Cousins plus seven. There's Tory lock of the week. Week five. My lock of the week, man, I could go so many different avenues. 
But I'm I'm gonna play it safe here. I did double down and bet on Joe B. He didn't disappoint. But with the way that the season's been going and the way that football has been going, yes, preseason has hurt a lot of teams. Yes, preseason has helped a lot of teams with no preseason. But in this one, I got to go with, man, I got to go with, uh, my my ego doesn't want to say it. I'm not a big fan of them. Not really don't like them. But in, in this spot, I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take John Gruden on the road to cover the 14 against the Chiefs. Okay. I know I may sound crazy. I tell probably all of you thought I was crazy betting on the Bengals, knowing the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to come in and probably thought they were going to win. But for some reason, I, I just feel that this could be an offensive slugfest like Tori touched on and myself earlier in the show. And I liked him to cover the 14. So that's my lock of the week. Raiders, 14, 14 points. But it's been a great, great episode here on the Champions Club podcast. For all you guys out there that may not have the DraftKings app, you guys can go download today. Android or Apple device, App Store download, as well as Android Play Store. Sign up today, DraftKings.com. Tori, last thoughts before we sign off here on the Champions Club podcast. Hey, happy football Sunday, America. On behalf of our producer, Mr. Ross, the man, the brains behind the scenes, Tori Gurley, Monty Moss, we're signing off here on Champions Club Podcast. We'll see you guys next week, but good luck on your fantasy football Sunday as well as your parlays. We're signing off. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe on all social media platforms. Champions Club Podcast. Enjoy Football Sunday, everybody. Hey.